Hey, babe. Hello, all, and welcome to the Affluent Marriage Podcast. You're listening to one financial coach and one educator talk about living a rich and full marriage through generational wealth building principles, authentic two-way communication, and everything in between to become a couple that lives in love and walks in wealth. Your legacy begins here. Mm, I love that. I want you to know that I just did that completely from memorization. I'm so proud of you. I know, that, I know that's a big goal for you. It and was. I think I'm going to come up with some motions. I feel like, you know, for the visual learners out mm. there, they're going to love that I have motions to go along with the words. Right. I mean, this is episode four. We're on our third takeaway. So we're halfway through our series mm-hmm. in Rachel Rogers. We should all be millionaires. So we're doing pretty well here. If you have not been convinced to either pick up this book or pick up that other book that's been talking about finances, that's been collecting dust this whole time. I really hope this has been helpful because there's so much gold in the bo- this book, but also in this podcast that we're bringing out for you to just kind of un- like elaborate on some of these, you know, things that might be glossed over in the book. Mm. Well, last pod, we discovered that each of us has our own millionaire flex. Mm, I love millionaire flexes and we need to learn to in fact, notice them. One of the little nuggets of wisdom that we pulled out of the Affluent Archive oh, yes. was play to your advantage. Mm. Now, I know that we kind of glossed over this. It was at the end of the last episode, so we didn't go into too much depth. Uh, it was based on everything that we talked about in that episode. But for someone just listening in, Kim, when we say play to your advantage, mm-hmm. uh, how would you describe that to somebody? So playing to your advantages looks like this. Every single person is born with a set of um, just things that they are naturally good at and not just things that they're naturally good at. There's some things in your family, the way that you were brought up that can actually be leveraged to create income, to build the business you're going after, to help someone in need, to whatever. Um, And so what we're saying here is not to reinvent the wheel when it comes to building a business or to go out to look for that extra income that you're trying to make to pay off whatever debt or build your legacy. Play to your advantages. So like if you make a list of all the things that you know you're really, really good at um, that naturally come to you, ask a friend or ask someone who knows you really well, like, hey, like, What do you think are the things that I'm just naturally good at? And then think about ways that you can leverage those things that you naturally have, the resources, the characteristics, and how can you leverage that to create a business? How can you leverage that to, you know, find some additional income? Play to your advantages. This is not about you reinventing the wheel when it comes to building wealth. And if you want it additional examples of some of these millionaire flexes you can follow kim or myself on instagram i'm the affluent marriage pod and you are kg millionaire coach and we're going to be posting resources all the time on instagram that say some examples of millionaire flexes correct if you have not seen um daniel's (laughs) the affluent pod instagram it's quite hilarious he does a lot of fun things on his side of the instagram I feel like he got really excited about the fact that he just got social back again because he just not that I got like, like it's, I told you you couldn't have it. But no, he, it's legitimately been like three or four he years. He has chosen to not have social media for a really long time. Um, and now that he's back, he's having a good time with it. So definitely make sure you check him out for sure. Absolutely. Now, 
Are you ready for takeaway three? I am. I'm really excited. This has been really fun. I'm loving talking about all this and I really hope you guys are talking or enjoying it as well. If you are, please leave comments. Like if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment below. Tell us what takeaways are really resonating with you. If you're watching or if you're listening on Spotify or any of those podcasts, you know, um, managers, streaming platforms, let us know in the comments or simply just email us at hello at affluent, the affluent marriage.com. I want to say you had a little fumble with your words there, but I like that you said talking because I hope that people are not only listening to us talk, mm -hmm. but I do hope that if they have a partner, they're talking to their partner. And if they don't, I hope they're talking to their friend about mm -hmm. the things that we're going over because this information is beneficial For sure. to you and to your friend and to your partner and being able to have someone to kind of mull over it with and, and talk to with, right. you know, you can kind of do this with like a friend, right. an accountability right. partner. That's great. This is a great way to like bring up some of that, you know, conversation that you might be like glossing over and not talking about. So hopefully this is a really great catalyst for you. Takeaway number three. Let's get to it. Women. Mm should focus on earning more money, negotiating for higher salaries, yes. and starting their own business. Now, before I let you get going on this, I feel like I need to remind a couple listeners who are wondering why in the world we keep talking about women specifically in mm -hmm. every single podcast that we've done so far. Remember, this is Rachel Rogers' book, We mm -hmm. Should All Be Millionaires, and we need to keep in mind her target audience, mm -hmm. which is who, Kim? Females specifically minority females, right? Doesn't mean that um, other people can't find information from this, but I need you to understand the target audience. So you, when you read some of the the things that are happening in her book, the, the anecdotes, the stories she's choosing is specific. Um, but yeah, so keep that in mind. Right, but me as a man, I saw all these women reading this book and they were raving about it. And I you wanted to, to know, know what was so delectable. You wanted to be in the club. About these secret secrets mm. and they're not secrets anymore because no, they're now not. they're out now they're out. i know and now the women are going out there and they are negotiating and they are building their business and they are unapologetically asking for my money and i am here for it i love that so we're going to start off by talking about women should focus we're going to break it into three parts that statement okay and the first part that we're going to talk about is women should focus on earning more money let's talk about the statistic which you can find anywhere about how women make significantly less than their male counterparts right wait That's not no really yeah <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> yeah because i work in a profession full of women and we all make the same amount <laughs> it's true but Honestly, though, you might not. You might make more simply because of one very like important thing. What's that? Do you know what it is? No. Maternity leave. Mm. Right? During that maternity leave, when I was out for maternity leave, when I was still teaching, I didn't get paid during maternity leave. But you did. Well, I've never taken... Leave, because you didn't have to. R correct. <laughs> correct. So I'm saying like, yeah, even in, pro in a profession that is specifically, not specifically, but is geared towards females. There's a lot of females in the educational perspective, uh, you know, profession. Males are still making more simply because they have the ability to work a little bit longer than maybe a female could because she is, you know, having a baby or, you know, having other family issues and taking care and being a caretaker. So... Yeah, so women 
obviously do not make as much as their male counterparts. And a lot of times, especially over COVID, there's a lot of like people who are in the teaching profession, the education profession, if this is one of you, let me know, who decided to deuce, right? To be <laughs> to deuce, not just deuce, not poop. But like well, they decided to, to peace out, right? They were like, we're done. We're done with this. We're moving on, right? And so they decided to go into the workforce. Now, we know that teachers don't make a ton of money, you know, all that stuff, but they go out and they are surprised when they have to, when they're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I could make more money or if I can ask to make more money, especially those that decide to go into building their own business like I did. When I went in to build my own business, that was my very first hurdle that I had to get over, that I deserve to make more money. Mm. And that is a very hard, like, I think... We talked in the very first episode about how society, systemically speaking, we are told that we can't, we shouldn't, we don't know how to manage money. And that trickles down to, I don't deserve, my worth is not this much. How can I charge this much for what I am bringing to the table? And that is such a, a hard thing for us to wrap our, our heads around. <laughs> Didn't do our male counterparts who are like, they come out the door blazing like, yeah, I'm going to ask for more money. I don't really care. It's like... Sure, I'm not going to do that. What's they the worst just, that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? They have no fear. Like, case in point, Daniel says to when he decides, okay, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm not even joking. Within minutes, he was like, okay, I'm thinking about this. He's writing all this content. He's doing this research. And he immediately says, Kim, this is going to be my ticket out of education. This is going to be making, this is going to make a ton of money. We're going to get gonna sponsorships. Blow it's going to blow up. We're going to be able to do something. We're going to change lives, but we're also, this is going to be our, our, another stream of income. And I'm over here like, it's a podcast. <laughs> like, And really? I'm over here like, it's the podcast. He hasn't even done a extensive research on how to monetize, but he has already in his male mind has been like, nope, this is happening and this is what's going to make money. Women don't necessarily have that inbreded in their, their psyche. We automatically think that we should start from the bottom and like work our way up and that we should... I don't know. I just... I don't know. Tell me if you agree with me because this just might be me, but that was my experience. Yeah, I'm curious to see what other women say, but in our next episode, we are going to talk about limiting beliefs. Oh yeah. And I would argue I, that that would be a limiting, that belief. is a limiting belief. But yes. to get back on track, because we we can go down rabbit trails oh, all the on time. education all the and time. pay and all of that. I want to know what we can do, how we can earn more money, mm. right? It's, mm -hmm. it, it sounds great when you say it like that. Women should earn more money, but like, how do you go about doing that? Yeah. I'd love to earn more money, but mm -hmm. how, so are you asking me now? If you'd like to interject, I have thoughts. Okay, go go do If you want to pass the rock, I'll take it. No, you you go ahead. Share your thoughts All first. Right, How would fine. you make more money? All right. So I'm gonna talk to you from the education standpoint. Okay. All right. Just off the rip, off the cuff, if I wanted to make more money right now, now mm -hmm. I know teachers have a ceiling on their income, mm -hmm. but there are things that I can do to make more money. Mm -hmm. Leveraging your, you know, going towards your, your strengths, right? Right. So number one. I'm in education, but if I want to get higher pay, I need to pursue mm. more education, mm -hmm. right? You need to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. So I went and pursued and I got a master's degree. You did as well. So that gave us a bump up in our pay, mm -hmm. right? If I wanted to get higher pay, I could then go and pursue a second master's. I could go into a doctoral program. I can do these things. But the reason why I haven't is because I don't know that the value is worth the time. Mm. Yeah. Your passion has to really align here. There's a lot of educators out there who have all of these um, accolades to their name, but they might not be passionate about the subject anymore, right? I, I always go back to the fact that we chose a profession at 18 years old. 
we are now 34. We have changed dramatically in that many years. Not even gonna try and like, but we changed dramatically in that amount of time. Your family changes, your perspective on on everything that you're doing changes. And so you have to to continue to invest in yourself in a in a profession that might not serve you or you might not be of service to them anymore. Um, to me is like that you're not doing a service to the kids that you're serving if you if you're in that capacity. You know what I mean? So Right. So when you're thinking about the job that you have, whether you are mm-hmm. a no ceiling entrepreneur, you're a ceiling employee like me, you have a set income, take a look at your situation and ask yourself, is there something that I can do to increase my education, to increase my pay, or to take a class or a course that's gonna give me more skills? And if I have these skills, like computer, mm-hmm. like you know, if you work in IT, you take courses, you get mm-hmm. more skills, you get more pay. Right. Um, it can work like that. Um, so that's one avenue, right? In education is something else that I could do is if I want to make more money, I could get out of the classroom Mm -hmm. and I could get promoted. I could go be a principal. I could go be some type, some resource teachers. Like uh, in our county, we have MSTs and RSTs, math resource teachers. And I didn't know they made more. I I, I think they they probably get a stipend. Maybe. Yeah. But regardless, you're making more. All right. But you can get promoted. Maybe you can work for, maybe I'm thinking like directors, right? Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. a director of physical education, of health. Like True. these directors make more money or I could just, you know, shoot for the the stars and try to be superintendent. Yeah. Could you imagine? No. <laughs> I could. <laughs> See, such a male, like I could, I'll do, I can do anything. I can do any job. Such confidence. Doesn't I mean just... I can do it well. I can just do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I can I can pr- pursue a promotion. So within your job, right? I don't know what level entry level you're at, but you know maybe you can pursue a promotion to earn more money. Yeah, you know? yeah, or pursue education, investing in yourself to then have to do that. Now, I guess the question it begs for someone like myself, who is an entrepreneur who has no ceiling, how would you make more money? Well, I'm glad you asked. So. There's a lot of things. I'm a service-based provider, so I have programs or offers that I give to you know my clientele, my audience. Um, many people, one of the things that I've learned over my time of investing, which I think is another thing here as well, is to having someone next to you who's able to help you understand how to build offers that are actually going to generate income. So... Um, you know, and I many people think low ticket, right? Do something that's low ticket, that's less than a hundred bucks, you know, do that a ton of times and boom, you have some additional income. And while I do think that sometimes that could play uh, a part of this, especially if you're just starting out, if you're like, okay, I'm going to build, or I'm going to make a resource like on Teachers Pay Teachers or on Etsy or on something, and I'm just going to sell this for 20 bucks. But I, I always, I was just talking to a client about this today. It seems like it would be easy to sell something low ticket and to you know sell to the masses but there's marketing there's putting yourself out there there's sharing what you're doing there's putting posts out there's connecting and talking with people there's networking there's all these different caveats that are not talked about before you actually get to the point where you're actually selling to the masses and like selling out right it takes a lot of work to sell low ticket it takes a lot of work to sell high ticket no matter what so for those of you who are not in uh, entrepreneurial mindset High ticket would be anything that's upwards of 2000 and up, right? Um, so if you're selling a program for $2,000, you could say that that is, well, maybe not. 
Maybe anything other up, upwards of five thousand and up would be high ticket. <laughs> anything in the middle of that between, um, you know, a thousand to five would be like mid ticket. So anyway, so what I would do um, if I was in the shoes and I was trying to look for additional income, I would go for a VIP day. So a VIP day might be a mid ticket offer. So it would be like a thousand dollars. I'd work with someone for twenty, you know, for forty eight hours to help them build out their financial portfolio, making sure they understand what's going on with their finances, build out a system for them or whatever, and I would get a quick thousand bucks, right? And I've done that before doing VIP days. I get two people. I'm good if that's all I'm really looking for. Um, But what I do in the long term is I stick with high ticket programs, which I've learned because of coaching and having someone investing in myself. I've learned that in order for me to have more consistent income in my business, even first starting out, is to go with a high ticket because you're working with less people and you're getting more um, impact, more transformation. Thus, you're your track record is going to be so much more solid. Um, you are going to have more authority in the space and than if you start with low ticket. Now, that's just my take. But if I was trying to make more money in my business, that is what I would start with, a VIP day and a high ticket offer. Sometimes I just sit back and watch you talk and I'm just like, man, <laughs> I'm amazed. Like, you're just, mm. Thank I love you. You. <laughs> you sound so good when you talk business. Wow. You're dumb. (laughs) So for me, I talked about promotion. I talked about education. If you have a ceiling, something else you can do is you can work overtime. There's a lot of jobs that uh, offer overtime. Now, education doesn't offer overtime in that sense, but there are things that you can do before and after school Mm -hmm. to earn an extra buck. There's before and after school programs. Mm -hmm. You know, lately there's uh, been these double bus runs. You can stay after school and and watch kids while they wait for their second bus to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's tutoring. I'll just call that overtime, you know, because you're you're extending your job past the work day and Mm -hmm. doing basically the same thing. So there's a lot of ways um, in terms of working overtime that you can make extra cash and earn more. Yeah. Uh, my brother, for example, he's a chef and he elects to work on holidays. Yeah. And for him, that's an affluent decision. That because is. Because he decides to get time and a half for working on a holiday and he just celebrates his holidays on different days. Right. Right. And that, that's that's the difference between a person who's willing to say, you know what, I really want to be able to go out and get more income. I'm willing to give up my time, my resources to be able to get there rather than, oh, well, I'm just stuck at my job and I don't want to or I'm not willing to look for other avenues that I can bring in more income. Right. So we just told you how you can earn more money within. And that's me speaking from a teacher, Mm -hmm. right? There's not many avenues to earn more money, but I can come up with ways right here on the spot of how we can make more money. You can take a moment at home and think Mm -hmm. to yourself within your field, within your profession, what can you do to earn more money? Now you might not like the answer, right? I don't necessarily love the answer of working overtime. That doesn't sound good to me. I want to be home with my family. Mm -hmm. I don't like the idea of pursuing a second master's or a doctoral program for just the slightest bump in my pay. And quite frankly, I didn't like the idea of becoming an admin, so I didn't do it. But what did I do? Oh, then you moved positions. I, mo- I had took a lateral step. You did. So he did, he invested into taking a test so that he could be PE certified. So then he was able to switch positions and do PE. Um, and that was his lateral step. So he's getting paid the same, but his workload is a little bit different, which allows him to be able to 
do this, right? So sometimes it does take a lateral step, you know? And I went the admin route, which I was like, okay, he's gonna do it after me because I knew I was gonna have a baby. So I was like, I'll go ahead and do this internship now. It was right before the pandemic, but I was like, I'll do this internship now while I'm pregnant because I know after I have my second kid, I'm not gonna wanna go back (laughs) and do this again. And- Man, you worked so hard that year. Oh my gosh, I worked so hard and I was so over this thing. And I was like, I don't even wanna go back to the classroom. Why am I doing this? Because anyway, all that to say, was it worth my time? Yes, because I feel like at any point in time, if I decided that coaching was just not it for me, I have the accolades, the, the masters, the admin cert, that I can go into any educational field and I have the accolades behind me that I will immediately go in at a mid-level position as opposed to entry level. So that was me preparing just for my unforeseen future that could happen, which I don't think it would because I really love what I do. But it's always good to be prepared. That right. was just my No, so my idea. point in that is I couldn't earn more money, mm-hmm. so I decided to earn more time. Mm, and that's with a good my point. with my time, I'm doing other things mm-hmm. to earn more money. Yeah. Right? So you got to think about that when you're looking at your profession, your main gig, whatever you're doing, how can you earn more money or how can you earn more time? So true. And sometimes that might mean a lateral step, might even mean a decrease in pay momentarily to give you more time to be able to make more money in other places. No matter what, it's a risk. No matter what, there's a yes, there's a no, there's a, there's a pro and a con, but you have to decide what makes sense to you. This is a really good point right here. I'm saying. So once you have that time, mm-hmm. you can earn more money in a brick and mortar. You can mm-hmm. go work, 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 right? A little yeah. Rihanna or halftime, you know? We love we love some Rihanna. Halftime Way superstar, to go, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you can go anywhere to get a job, right? We talked about that in one of our last episodes about all the work that we did, Yeah. right? All the jobs that we found when we were trying to get out of debt. Once you have that time, you can go do that. Mm-hmm. I know tons of uh, teachers who work at like a Best Buy or something after school, mm-hmm. right? Because they need more money, which is another, you know, rant on the Issue. sad state of education. But we won't go but there. We won't go there. We won't go there. We won't but go there. I but do, you can always find an employer. You can always find an employer, but here's the deal, right? We're not just getting this extra bump in pay or whatever. We have to be intentional about the money that comes in, right? So if we're bringing more money in, we need to be intentional about how we're using that money. So it goes all the way back to the basics, which we said we wanted to do another podcast just on the basics. You have to know your numbers and you have to understand what your minimum is of what you need to bring in for all of your basic necessities, which we could go down a whole nother rabbit trail about that. I'm not gonna do that here. We'll have to do another podcast on it but you have to know that number. And that way, the new money that's coming through from all these different avenues can then be used to you know, build your wealth, build your savings, build your, you know, you know, decrease your debt, whatever it is that you're going after, you have to be intentional with that additional income. And that makes your work more purposeful rather than, uh, I'm an educator. I don't know why we use educator because that's where we it's what I am. now. It's what but like, are. I'm an educator and I have two jobs and I'm doing all these things just to make ends meet. Like I know we need to actually have a different perspective of I'm an educator and I'm working these jobs and this specific job is to pay off my debt so that I can actually go back to working my job and actually have more time or I can quit mm. my job and do the thing. Be intentional. Right. And you know what? That is a mindset thing. And yeah. we're going to talk about that next episode. So sorry. I love that passion. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I love this format. I love this, this, you know, this format that we have Yeah. because you have no notes. So sometimes you start going off and I'm like, oh no, my notes. <laughs> they're I being an, just, they're being unraveled. <laughs> I have an outline. I have like a, a series of events I'm here sorry. and Kim is going off, but I love when you go off script. Oh, thank I love you. it. 
Thank yeah, you. keep doing that. So yes, we absolutely are going to eventually do an episode on the basics. The basics. We are absolutely going to talk about mindset and those limited beliefs mm-hmm. um, and those woe is me complaining mindsets. Get rid of that. But right Gosh. now, we are going to move on to part two. Okay. Our second segment, right? Rachel wants us to earn more money. She also says one of the ways that we can do that, and we could not do that as educators, but nope. you can negotiate. You can for higher salaries. Now, my wife talked about me a moment ago and said that, you know, oh, men are so confident and bold and they just believe these things. Kimberly. Yes. Can you take a moment to tell the people, and it relates to negotiating, when you first got offered a job in the Howard County Public School System, what did you do? Oh my gosh. I guess, is that a form of negotiating, I guess? You tried. Okay. Oh, you know what? I just think it was cute. You know, I did. I did. Okay, so I tried. <laughs> now, I, now I know what you're talking about. I was like, I don't know. I did a lot of ballsy things when I was trying to get into the county. Um, so I was like, which ballsy thing are we talking about? I do have some confidence. It comes out. Um, I had two schools in the county. So it was the same county. Two schools were, were wanting to have an interview they with me. They were vying for you. And they called me and then I had another one call me. And one was a part-time, one was a full-time, but it wasn't like a classroom position. Um, it wasn't, either of them were the exact position I wanted anyway. But I remember the other school calling me and I was like, well, the other school is offering me like, you know, a full-time position. And I thought that that would change their response to being like, well, now we have a full-time position because we want you that badly. That's not how it works in the education <laughs> sector. <laughs> it is what they, they have, what they have. And that's it. Um, this was a foot in the door. So I definitely had that moment. And they kind of like talked to me on the other end, like, no, this, this, is the, this is what you get. And I'm like, oh, oh okay, <laughs> then I'll take the full-time position, um, which turned out to be a good one. But I thought you were talking about how I got my job in the county. Oh, no. No, I've, I've, maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought that you even said something about like salary. Like, you know, I didn't negotiate salary. Can you pay me? They're paying me this. Can you pay me? No, I think it was part-time, full-time. Oh, is what okay. I was Because I knew my pay wasn't going to be any different. But I did know that one had a part-time, one had a full-time. I thought you were talking about when, when I was going in, I was calling HR nonstop, um, respectfully, to get an interview, to actually get into the system to be called in for interviews. And it got to the point where I went to HR, sat in the office, made chum with the with the secretary and the secretary was like honey like let me just go ahead and get someone in HR to come out and talk to you and I spewed my resume out to this dude like I am so excited I w- I'm so passionate I want to be in the classroom wada, wada, wada. next day I had an interview so like I'm ballsy in that regard so when it comes to negotiating I feel like it's a lot of the similar things you have to be ballsy enough to be like I know that I'm good at this and I know that I deserve more dude I totally forgot about that it was Dude. Ooh, that a pretty was ballsy. BA moment. <laughs> and you know what? We're going to talk a little bit about being bold mm-hmm. and being assertive when you negotiate. Hey, this is Kim Graham from the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you're enjoying what you're listening to so far. But if you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I knew more about what's going on in Kim and Dan's world. I want to ask some specific questions and be able to get extra resources. Well, you might want to think about joining the Graham fam. Now, I know I love exclusive content and I love having more of Kim in my life. And if that's something you're interested in, you can be a subscriber and you can get exclusive episodes that no one else is going to hear that's going to help you build generational wealth 
and have more authentic two-way communication. Links are down in the show description. You'll be able to click and see more information about GramFam, and we hope to see you behind the scenes. Have a great one, and let's get back to the show. So I have six things here okay. that I want to go through. So women should focus on negotiating for higher salaries. So how do you do that? I've got six things for you, six ways, six things you should do when you're negotiating for a higher salary. The first thing that you need to consider even before you go to negotiate is research salary ranges. Something so I before, the no- before the negotiation, you're going to research the salary ranges for your position and experience level. Mm-hmm. There are resources out there that you can use, uh, things like Glassdoor, Payscale, Salary.com, to get an idea of what the typical salary range is for your position. It's a good tip. So research your salary ranges. When you were starting your business, Mm -hmm. and it's okay if the answer is no, did you research other financial coaches to see what they were offering? Here's no. And here's why. Okay. Because one, self-worth. I didn't think that I had the same accolades as some of these other people did. I don't have certifications. I don't I just have my experience, right? So that was my mindset. Two, there's not a lot of people, not a lot of coaches that do what I do. I wanted to work with home and business finances and I wanted to help with the, you know, budgeting, organizing, mindset, and there's not a lot of people in that field. I didn't want to work in retirement. I didn't want to work with investments. I wanted, and so there isn't, it's not a job. It's something I just kind of created (laughs) because I knew there was a need. There's a gap there. So I didn't really have anything to go off of. So I'm telling, my first offer was like 200 bucks. What, excuse me? Yeah, my first offer was like $97. Maybe maybe it was less than that, like $27. And I would give you a one-on-one coaching session. For how many months? And you could, it was 27 a month. $27 a month. Yeah. $27 a month. It was a membership place. And I would. For a carton of eggs. For a carton of eggs. You can work with me (laughs) one-on-one. Literally. For a month. Literally. And I would give them a one-on-one session. And I had all of these like YouTube videos that I would like upload for them to look at. And when nobody was looking, I'm telling you, nobody was looking at them. I thought, oh, I'm going to come out and say, guys, I'm going to help you with your budgeting. I'm going to help you with your business. I'm going to help you with all the things. It's $27. I thought that I was going to have droves of people coming to me because everyone would love to have support with their finances. And it was crickets. I think my first coaching, my one-on-one coaching program was, was 2.99. Thank God for coaching. Yeah. Because we need to kick that out the door. Yeah. It was it was a moment. Very happy for my coaches. So the first thing I said to do was research salary ranges. The second thing, something you needed to do, mm-hmm. was determine your worth. Dude, I'm still working on that one. Based on <laughs> your research and your own experience and skills, determine what salary range you feel is fair and reasonable. Mm. You decided your value was a carton of eggs. Yes. But see, there's the thing though, right? As a female, I feel like this is females, let me know. Let me know what you're thinking about this because when you first start a business and you know that you have, like, you're like, this is something I'm good at, but I've never actually done it like in a paid position. We automatically assume that our superpower should be, we'll start, we start from the bottom and we grow. We don't recognize that there are sometimes I would talk to someone and I would tell them how we got out of debt and they would be like blown away. 
they were like, how did you do that? How did you even get there? That right there is so freaking valuable. If I would have like really caught on to that, I would have been like, oh yeah, no, that's worth big time because if I can help them get over this bump, I've changed their entire trajectory of their life because of the, the close proximity I gave to them. Do you remember my first client? We don't have to go down there. I could talk about that another time. Talk about it another time. Yeah, but that that was I. That's when I recognized my value, and I was like, "Ooh." Mm-hmm. But you don't know that. You don't. You don't. You have to because you you're your own superpower. You're it's your own zone of genius. You Absolutely, don't see it. and that's why it's important to hire a mentor yes. or a coach or someone who's to bring be it out in of your you. corner and tell you, "Oh, honey, mm-hmm. this is your value." Yeah, and you're this like, "This is what? what you're doing for people. This is how you're changing." Lives. I can charge that. Yes, you can. Wow. In fact, Rachel would say double it. Uh huh. I know. I probably should double my prices. So if you're listening and you've thought about working with me, you better get on the bandwagon now. <laughs> now, I have never personally negotiated for a higher salary because I work in education, but I have negotiated selling a car. Oh, you have? Right. So something that I did to follow. I was very proud of myself and my mother was proud of me and that's all that mattered. I love you, mommy. (laughs) Now, I researched the value of the car that I was selling. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a Ford Ranger 2004. So I researched, I went on to edmunds.com and I looked at the make and model and mileage of this truck and I saw how much it was going for if someone were to sell it Mm -hmm. like a dealer to a customer and they were going for like, you know, upwards to like eight thousand nine thousand dollars it's 2004 it's almost 20 years old yeah which is wild that it's going for that much yeah um so i also researched you know i went to manheim's used value car index to see how much used cars are up over since the pandemic they were up like over 50 percent, but now they're up you know used cars are about 37 percent higher than what they were pre-pandemic so i'm looking up this data i'm looking at how much the car is worth i'm looking at you know what's wrong with the car and I went to the dealer and, you know, it's so funny how dealers work sometimes because, you know, mm-hmm. there are some, not every, not all dealers are created equal. There's good dealers, there's bad dealers, there's, you know, scummy, scammy dealers. There's like great, you know, family oriented dealers. But this guy, you know, he went to look at the truck and he quickly came back in and said something was wrong with it. And he was like, he told me, I don't know if I told you this, Kim, he was like, Hey, did you know that this was wrong with the car? He's like, Oh, my mechanic's working on it real quick, but I can't buy this car. That's Mm, what he said to me Yeah, to try to create some, some panic emotion, some emotion. And it didn't matter what he said to me because I also got offers from other places. So no matter what he came in with to say, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. I'd say, well, you know, CarMax is going to buy my car for this number. So I don't care what you say. I'll go to CarMax right now and get this price if you can't beat it. And no matter what he tried to throw at me, I had the research. I knew the worth. Yep. And I got the number I wanted. And notice you weren't rude, right? Like, so some people just get really emotional and they're like, no, I deserve this much. Do you know how much I've given to this company? And they're all like emotional about it, right? But like, if you have data to back up your worth, not just, you know, but I feel like I've done so much. I've given this much years, but literal data. I, I told a client this, write down your, 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 your um, not your worth, your Write down the things that you have given to the company, whether you led a project, whether you brought in an X, X amount of revenue, whether you did X, Y, and Z, you call, like you have a very good rapport with your, your clientele, whatever, your um, 
associates, blah, 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 right? You have all of these data points to share. Like I am a valuable resource in this company. And if I left, these are the things that would leave with me because you don't have anyone else to, to do that for you. So I deserve to have this, right? So it's not like you saying, oh, being all emotional. It's you bringing data to prove, no, I'm, I'm, I have worth, right? And there are some people who even go as far as like putting resumes out into other places to say, mm. this is what I'm getting at other places if you cannot. Which is exactly me. what I do with the car, yeah. right? I got offers from other places and I said, hey, look, yeah, numbers don't lie. Yep, so if you can't do it, peace. All right, so we're gonna move into our third point. So we've said, when negotiating, be confident and be assertive, but also, be respectful and professional, express your interest in the job and your enthusiasm for the company. Yeah, <laughs> did, you, did you miss the last word there? I was about to say country <laughs> and I was like, wait, let me go back and just glance at the Show screen your because- enthusiasm for your country. <laughs> maybe it's uh, Mission mission Barbecue uh-huh. and they that's want you to true. be enthusiastic for your country. You know, that's not a country. nationwide thing. Do you guys have Mission Barbecue where you are? Because it's a very patriotic place and you do need to have I feel like most barbecue respect. joints are patriotic. Maybe. And have it, you ever it, noticed that? It's an American thing. Barbecue? Barbecue is like... Is it? It is. Are we the home of the barbecue sauce? I think so. Tell me if that's true. I, I feel honestly like don't that's, know. I feel like that is. I feel like barbecue is like an American... America. I think that's American. Wow. Learn something new every day if that's true. I mean, yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Some of these we'll elaborate on. Some of these I think we can kind of just plow through. Okay. I think it's it's just fair to say that you should just be confident when you're in an interview, when you're in negotiations. It's just important to have that air of confidence about yourself when yeah. you're in the room. And and you know, I don't think that we need to like belabor something that we don't have full experience in like we do have some stories right that we just mentioned about like negotiating and different ways that we can you know use some of these characteristics but neither of us have been in a corporate space where we've had to negotiate our salary or negotiate um you know the next steps like we've we haven't been in that so i do think that you know these are really great places to start but seek to find people in your job in your community who work in corporate who have done this before look at youtube videos like there's so much out there that talks about this specific topic that i i i just want to i hope if this has sparked anything in you this sparks you to research more about it and i'll say this though with being bold and assertive if you don't believe in your own value mm -hmm. no one no. else is going to believe in your value it's true right if you go in there and you don't believe that you deserve the amount that you're asking for, they're gonna see right through that. Yes. But if you truly believe that, you're gonna go in there and be like, no, this is my worth. Mm -hmm. I feel like that also parallels into the coaching like community as well, right? When you're pitching your services to a you know, possible client or a corporate client, which I, ha I do have experience there, you do have to be confident in the pricing and confident in the worth that you're bringing. And while you're doing that work, whatever it is that you pitched and you, they said yes and they're working with you, you will notice that you might say to yourself, man, I probably could have charged more. And that's a good note. If you're noticing that like twinge of like, I could have charged more, I should have charged X, use that and then next time, pitch that price. Right, because if you don't know your worth, you'll be all over the place. Like exactly. if you're negotiating a salary and they're like actually, you know, now that you bring it up, we are thinking this number and, and that's nowhere near what you were asking for. If you know your worth then you can back it up, then you're right. like, you know, I don't accept that. But if you don't know your worth, you might be like, you might jump mm -hmm. at the first thing and be yeah. like, you're going to give me a thousand more dollars. <laughs> exactly. Whoa. Exactly. Oh man. There's so much, you know, we said we didn't have a lot of like 
background on this, but I could totally go even yeah, further I just, with that. I think it's important to believe in yourself, believe which in yourself. goes with being bold. Believe Focus. I was going to go into a song. Uh, I mean, if you want to give us a I solo, mean, I, I will <laughs> gladly stop and listen. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Focus on the value you bring. Mm-hmm. Instead of focusing on why you need money, mm. focus on the value you bring to the company and how you can contribute to its success. We kind of talked about this already because I mentioned like writing down a running list. Because when you feel like you want to get a raise, that doesn't happen like instantaneously. You've been feeling this way for like six months, okay? So write down all the things that you've done. That's why data is so important. Even when you're determining and like pitching your worth, write down the wins of your clients, write down the wins of your corporate Write down all of those things because that backs up your claim as to why you're worth as much as you're worth. I agree. So that just reiterates a point that we, we made earlier. Right. Because everybody needs more money. Everybody needs more you money. You walk into the, you know, to your boss and say, hey, I'd like more money. Duh. They'd be like, wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? Right. But why should we give you more money? But if you actually give them a valid reason of why you deserve more money because you're putting in more hours mm-hmm. or because you're the senior manager of the company or you have seniority you've been there longer than anyone else you've brought in x amount of sales you guys just brought on this this new you know professional and they're making close to your salary and you've been there for eight years Mm. you know Mm -hmm. like this is why salary what's it called there's this movement of like being very um open about the salary that you're bringing in mm. right which is something else we talked about before but like it's good to be open about it because then we're able to see how fair it is right Number five out of six. Consider other benefits. I read it for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. So for this one, if the company is unable to offer you a higher salary, Mm -hmm. consider other benefits like additional vacation time, flexible work hours, working from home is a new thing. Yep. A lot of people have been pushing for that. Like, hey, can I have one day to work remotely or a couple days a week? Yeah. Um, Or other professional development opportunities. Something that I had mentioned that I did is you know, I really couldn't, I could earn more money in the county as an educator, but I elected to, you know, have a lateral step and move into physical education so that I could have the benefit of time. True. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you have to consider the other benefits that are out there other than just money. If more money is not possible. Mm, That's a good one. And again, what can you do with more time? What can you do with, you know, more time at home? So many other positives that might not be monetary. But help right. with your mental health, you know? And that is so big. Yeah. Oh, we should, you know go, me. We should do another thing about mental health. You know health. me. I'm all about the mental health lately. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We have so much content. Gosh. Hope you guys are ready. <laughs> We're going to be here for a while. We're going to be here for Not a while. today, but I just mean this podcast yeah. is going to be around. We got lots of stuff to Forever. Talk about. We have so much. <laughs> all right. I like the sixth and final one, but it requires a friend. I mean, I guess you could do it in a mirror, but it's better mm-hmm. with a friend. Or call like, you know, a relative or something. Practice your negotiation skills. Before the negotiation, practice your negotiation skills with a friend or family member. This can help you feel more confident and be more prepared. Mm -hmm. Now, we did this, Mm -hmm. not negotiating salary, but we did this to get into the county. Oh, we sure did. Because we had multiple rounds of interviews to get into the county. And we had someone that we knew that worked in that arena. Yeah. And... We talked to them and they were like, hey, you know, in fact, not only do we work in education, but we've actually been a part of this yeah. round of interviews before. So we know some of the questions mm-hmm. that they're going to ask you yep. so we can help you prepare for your interview. So being prepared is everything. So yeah. find someone 
who may work in that profession, who might know some of the lingo, some of the jargon, mm -hmm. uh, some of the trends, and talk to them and see what kind of questions that they might ask you uh, when you're interviewing or when you're negotiating. Yeah, that's a good point. Because that was really a good help for us that we had that experience because we had never been in the public school arena. And so that was something that we needed to understand. What are the, what should we even say? How do we answer this question in the right way that they're looking for? So networking, that kind of goes back to networking, which we're going to talk about in another episode. But that's where that comes in for sure. All right. So remember this, since that concludes negotiating, and we're going to be moving on to our final uh, point here with Rachel Rogers' mm -hmm. uh, takeaway. Remember that negotiating is a two-way street, right? Just like you're trying to get your worth, mm -hmm. right? The company also needs to benefit. And maybe they're benefiting by the work that you're providing, but it is a two-way street. So whatever, just be ready to compromise, mm -hmm. right? Because they have to get what's best for their company because mm -hmm. they're trying to do what's best for their business, just like you would do for your business. Exactly. But you're also trying to do what's best for your own personal good. So exactly. be ready to compromise, be patient, be understanding, be flexible, um, but also know your worth. Yep. And you want to keep relationships, right? We don't want to burn bridges. So if we are able to negotiate and everyone is able to be benefit and leave the table happy, that's where you want to be. You don't want to be to the point where people are like, wow, like how I don't really want to keep this person on because they were super, super pushy, you know, like rude, you know, so. Right. Because you would hate for other opportunities to fall through mm -hmm. and then you're stuck at the job with the relationship that you just squandered, right? Correct. It's like that episode of Modern Family we were watching the other day where they're trying to get into the daycare and they just totally... Yeah, you know, snubbed Wagon Wheel. Mm, wagon Wheel. And, and I don't remember the name of the hoity-toity place. Billingsley. Yeah, but they they jacked up both. Really and like, show. You know, they really weren't left with much. We just started watching it. It was... Modern Family's a good man. one. Good one. All right, so... Let me take the listeners back to our Original. takeaway for today. The OG. The OG takeaway. Takeaway number three. Women should focus on earning more money. We've agreed. Negotiating for higher salaries. Agreed. And starting their own business. What? So our third and final point of this pod mm -hmm. is women should start their own business. All right. Now, I'm going to just kind of say because, you know, I've started a business. We're going to kind of go through these points rapid fire because we're going to talk about this a lot. If you have more questions about starting a business, how did you start business? We are going to do other things like Q&A episodes and episodes pertaining specifically to building a business. So don't fret. Okay. If you're like, oh my gosh, I want to hear more about this. Let us know so that we can make sure we put it in later episodes. Right. Because we know that to build generational wealth, one of the best ways to do that is starting your own business. That's you can true. certainly get there by working mm -hmm. in a profession that's a brick and mortar or has a ceiling. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You can certainly mm -hmm. build wealth that way. But the best way to do it mm -hmm. is to start your own business. Most businesses fail. Most. It's a very high percentage. I feel like it might be in the 80 percentile-ish range. We will have to look that up for you and fact check. But Kim, what business number are you on? What, oh, three. This is business three. three? Now, I'm going to call the other two failures in the sense that you left them and they didn't satisfy you. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily talking about the net worth or your profit or your mm -hmm. loss margins. No, but they were fails. But <laughs> we will call those failures. So this is your third business. This is my right? third business. Yeah. So a lot of what we're going to talk about on this podcast is starting a business, yeah. building wealth through a business. So you're going to hear about this a lot. So we are going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six. Whoa. Wait, Get that's negotiation. 
Psych. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's looking at his notes. Okay. Yeah, seven. Seven. I'll Jeez. give you one more. Six and a bonus. Six plus one. All right. Women should start focusing on starting their own business. So mm-hmm. how do you start a business? So I'm going to go through these. Choose your target. Nope, that's not the first one. Choose a business idea. This right? is why I don't give you notes. Is, shut up. So this is... <laughs> <gasps> we can't use potty words on this podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Gram it. <laughs> shut your pie hole. Okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Choose a business idea, which goes with our very first thing that was kind of from last episode, which is to leverage your strengths, right? So this kind of goes with that. Leverage your strengths. Think about that. If you're thinking to yourself, this is something that I would love to give to my audience or whoever that may be, but this is something that gives me joy. Then there's your business idea. Um, And then define your target audience. This might take some time. Um, I was talking to a client the other day. She has uh, MS, which is, you know, something that's very, it plagues a lot of people. um, And she wanted to share her experience and possibly help people as they're going through their own diagnosis. And so she was trying to do it for vanity metrics. So she was posting and posting and posting and hoping she would get a ton of likes. And I said, no, 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 you can't start by looking at vanity metrics. You have to start from, do you like it? Do you enjoy what you're doing? Then post whatever feels like it comes to your heart the likes and whatever it will come, but you need to have something that's consistent. So um, make sure that you know your target audience, which will come with consistency and putting yourself out there. Choose a business model, which there are so many business models out there that you can look at. And it really depends on your financial goals, which is really important. This is why you need to know your basic numbers, your numbers. It always goes back to that. Know the basics. So then you know what type of business you need to bring uh, the income that you desire. This could be traditional e-commerce model, subscription-based model, um, or digital products or services. All of those have a myriad of different price ranges, um, and it really comes down to what do you feel like you want to be able to do. Everything requires work. Everything requires marketing. Everything requires consistency. Everything requires you putting yourself out there. So I just want to put that out there. Um, Establish your online presence. So this is where I was telling that client to make sure they post and post often what they are passionate about, um, not worrying about what other people are thinking because it's not about them, right? It's about you being able to put yourself out there. And as you get an idea for what your business you want to be able to do, what subscription model you want, people will know that they need to come to you for blank. They will know who you are. And before that, don't forget to build a website or a mm-hmm. online platform. Oh, did so I skip one? It's all Sorry. Right. You're good. You can create a website or online platform that showcases your products or services and makes it easy for customers to purchase or access them. Consider using a website builder. Um, or an e-commerce platform to simplify the process. See, we're working. We're teamwork. Teamwork. <laughs> Makes the dream work. And then set up your business operations. This is my favorite part, making sure that you understand how to pay yourself, how to manage your processes, procedures, which we call SOPs. I love being able to, to, yeah, I know. I love love talking business, business standard of operations, Um, (laughs) procedures, inventory management, order fulfillment, customer support. All of those things are back office and they're so important to have because that's like your foundation of building a really good empire for your business. Um, And then launch. Launch your business. Notice that all those things have to happen before (laughs) before you you even launch a product. Mm. Uh, Once you have these completed, you can launch your online business or start promoting. I will give an extra caveat. Don't wait for your website and offer to start promoting what you want to be able to do. Put yourself out there. If people start asking, how can I would love to work with you? How do I work with you? There's your offer right there. You don't even need a website. Just Just start offering and you'll find out your niche. 
easily there. I liked that. Quick and dirty, rapid fire, how rapid to start fire. a business. How to start a business. By KG Financial. Don't worry, there's more to come. <laughs> right. All right. So we're going to go into a quote here that I like. Um, it kind of helps us wrap up this segment. Mm, wrap uh, it up. This is from the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Would you, if you have not read that book. This was one of our first reads, right? That yes. takes us back about like eight or nine months ago before oh we got onto our gosh. book kick. And we've gone through like 10 that to 12 book. books now. That book. This is a good start. You should read it. Very motivational. Every quarter. <laughs> Seriously. For sure. I need to read it again. It says, you will be paid in direct proportion to the value you deliver according to the marketplace. Mm. You will be paid in direct proportion to the value you deliver to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. It is so important to know your value mm -hmm. and to know your worth because that's what you're going to get paid. If you don't know your value, you're going to get paid a carton of eggs. Yeah. I know from experience. Mm -hmm. And I probably still would have been inching up my my pay like ever so slightly. Yeah, I mean this <laughs> Had is Had I not invested in maybe myself. Maybe an additional carton a year? Maybe additional carton. You'd be up to four cartons at yep, this point? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Thank God for coaching. All right. So our little nugget of wisdom from the Affluent Archive for mm -hmm. this episode is know your worth and mm -hmm. don't take a penny less. Don't take a penny less. We will die on this hill. We've been preaching it all segment, mm -hmm. but you have to know your value, mm -hmm. right? You need to compare yourself with other people that are on the market, see what other people are offering. It's kind of cool if you start your own niche like mm -hmm. you did because there was really no one else on the market doing what you're doing now. Difficult because there's nothing to compare it to. Awesome because the numbers you set, the value you set, yeah, really is the value because there's no precedence. Yeah, I can pave my own path, which is scary, but exciting. So know your value. Mm -hmm. Don't take a penny less. That's right. I hope that you guys have enjoyed that today um, and learned about your wealth and not just your wealth, but how do you make sure that you are building um, a business, right? We want to make sure that you are understanding as females, right, that we know how to build a business that actually works, that we know how to negotiate for our worth. And that takes time. Um, my CTA for you guys, a call to action, so to speak, is that I want you to look at any areas in which you can easily earn more money. So this goes back again to leveraging your normal strengths that you have. Look, play to your strengths, right? Look at that list. Where can you make some additional income right now without even thinking? The other thing I want you to think about is before you even start creating this business and start creating this grandiose way of bringing in extra money, I want you to look at your actual income, your actual expenditures, because I guarantee you there are ways that you can save money just by looking at the expenditures you have and checking your habits with your spending. Guarantee you'll, sp you'll save money already right there, which might help you further your goals before you even start playing to your strengths and creating a business around it. So hopefully that's helpful to you. Let us know how that worked for you. Were you able to look through your finances? Did you find anything that you were like, oh, I need to do better at this, that and the other, and I could save this much money. Let us know in the comments. Um, make sure that you like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Make sure that you subscribe if you're on streaming and you're listening to us on the streaming platform. Can't wait to see you guys next time. This is the Affluent Marriage Podcast. I'm Kim Graham. We haven't even said our name. I'm Dan Graham. I was going to say, this is my wife, Kimberly. I'm Daniel Graham with the Affluent Marriage Podcast. Yeah. 
live in love, walk in wealth. See you guys later. Take care, guys.